make you wake up in the middle of the morning and make you feel like you have to shit your brains out. everybody to episode two of Warriors in the Garden. Uh, this is your uh, host Kyle and Trevor. How's it going man? It's good. I'm, uh, yeah we're recording this before we release anything because we want to stay in the podcast flow. Yeah. So we're just taking those steps right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah we're just kind of talking about things and seeing how things flow with topics which is great and you know we're we're on our way to creating the the platform that we're really envisioning which is nice and so far we're we're happy with how things are rolling with the speed of of things and a lot of potential guests yeah in a lot of different like aspects yeah so that's something to really look forward to we're definitely like throwing the idea out to a lot of people and inviting them and getting them prepared for, you yeah. know, the possibilities of, of conversations and interviews, which is awesome. Yep. Yeah. Nutritionists, yeah. men's coaches, spiritual wizards. All types of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Other friends that we've known for, yeah. for so long and friends that we've met only just a couple months ago. Yep. They're all... Like us. Exactly. <laughs> They're all interested in, in what we want to do. Yeah. And you, it's not like you come across friends a lot that are like, hey, we're starting a podcast. Yeah. You know, we want to be a part of it in yeah. some fashion, you know? So it's it's cool to be like those people. For sure. That are like, we're going to do this thing and put out this content and see where it goes and how we can grow it and spread the word of what we believe in gotta take the leap yeah and it's nice to be like truthful with yourself yeah on what you know you want to talk about um but yeah dude how how was your day bro we we had a long day yeah <laughs> it was tubing great down the river yeah tubing oh it's been it's been years since i've been able to like do that you know florida <laughs> was the last time i've been on a tube and I was getting whipped around in a boat, so this time was yeah, a little how bit different. different. Yeah. Is there? Did you ever tube down rivers in Florida? Um. You know, I didn't. I mostly would kayak. Yeah. And canoe down rivers. Tubing wasn't really like a big part of my, you know, fun stuff. You want to paddle to get away from the gators too. Yeah. Yeah, you couldn't really tube in Florida, <laughs> unless it was like fresh water. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck it. That. And then you gotta like handle the manatees. You never know about those. Sometimes there's evil manatees. Yeah. Well, everybody's got a little bit of evil in them. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was just nice to be out in nature today. It's been like a month since I've had the opportunity to really 
be even be away from my phone. I didn't even have my phone with me yeah. all day, which was cool to to not, you know, be tempted to talk to people or yeah. even wonder what time it is. I've been on my phone way too much. Yeah. Way too much. Do you get um, the like notifications every week of how much screen time? Oh yeah. Because you have an iPhone, right? Yeah. Yeah. Do you get it on Sundays? Um, I don't know. Okay. I get mine on Sunday at like yeah. noon. For some reason, it's just my phone knew to do that for me. I guess. Well, tell what's yours? Um. Well. So like transitioning to a new job, which is what I've been doing for yeah. the past two weeks. Um, it's it's been two and a half hours a day, mm. which I still feel like is a lot. You know, like if you think yeah. about it in terms of what you could do. With what that yeah, time. even yeah. two and a half hours out of your day is. Yeah you know, almost a tenth of your day, uh, so it's, it's funny to, to see how much you waste your time, Yeah. but also, like, my time a couple months ago was, like, seven, oh, yeah. eight hours a day. I mean, I hit seven consistently. Yeah. Uh, some is Google Maps. For sure, and, and music, too, yeah. I think, I think yeah. music qualifies for using your phone. Yeah. I mean, I think I've, you know, scrolled through Reddit a lot, but ultimately, I don't really enjoy it, so it's like, yeah, part of me wants to just, like, delete it, but then I like to focus in on certain topics on there, mm. so really it's about using it intentionally, yeah. not letting it use you. Right, yeah, but if you have, if you have a reason to be on yeah. it, then yeah. fine. And, you know, with the Fit for Service app going on there and just, like, reading people's introductions and challenges, there's all sorts of stuff on there, taking that intentional time as opposed to just, like, scrolling mindlessly, but, yeah, I have been doing too much of it still. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, it's one thing to realize, yeah. you know, how much time you spend on your phone, and, you know, I'm sure a lot of it is music, Google Maps, but I also very I intentional things. And constantly having things going on and, like, a next thing to do and, like, a next task. In my eyes, I'm like, I don't want to pick up a book for ten minutes, so I'm going to sit on my phone for ten minutes. Mm. Um, when I want to read, I want to read for, like, an hour at least, yeah. you know? Yeah. But just got to take the time more. Yeah. I mean, when you read, it's, if you only read for 15 minutes, 10, 15 minutes, you're not you're not getting in that flow and I feel yeah. like you have to really set a time a good amount of time to read because once you start reading in you know hour increments you know hour and a half you you kind of grasp information more because you're more submerged into the information that you're like focusing on instead of reading for 10-15 minutes and then you know because you I feel like when I read and if you feel like this as well please say something because I get distracted. My okay. reading comprehension skills are poor. Like yeah. You can you can look at like, you know, my SATs and all that and like, you know, my reading comprehension skills are like not great. And But it's like, it feels nice to practice reading. Yeah, you to, have to, to practice. focus. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a skill that you have to like sharpen, you know, all the time because it helps with focusing, it helps with anxiety and, you know, being more present in the moment, which reading is great for that, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm always reading it so fast sometimes. 
and my eyes are just like and then I have to like go back a paragraph or you know just the obvious like your mind just you think about something and then you read like a whole page and you're like oh yeah didn't catch any of that yeah but in order to like really take it in you have to read it slow it helps to say it aloud too sometimes yeah reading to yourself is huge and i like yeah i like doing that when i do because you get it in more ways like you're hearing it through your ears you're expressing the word you're feeling the word right yeah do you do any like note taking or highlighting i haven't while i've read but i do need to get a highlighter yeah (laughs) (laughs) well you don't have one from the fourth grade no oh man that was it's dried out so long ago (laughs) uh we'd go through like four highlighters a year (laughs) (laughs) school oh man who wants it i want school but not in the traditional sense yeah (laughs) we're all a student every day you don't Mm -hmm. have to be in the classroom that's the beauty of life it teaches it even if you don't want to learn it yep. <laughs> um, sharpens your tool yeah well what what brings us together today man is something we're both really passionate about which is food what we put in our body what we consume on a daily basis inject yes a lot of other verbs (laughs) Um, but it's ultimately like something that I really love and have dedicated so much of my time and is to you know really be an example of how we can treat our bodies better by the things that we you know put inside of it and I've I've had a long journey of food and you know I started out basically as the steak and potatoes kid you know my dad would always be grilling chicken and and you know a bunch of bread and never though did I eat like vegetables you know it was very rarely what I I can't even really remember any time like I was frozen like excited peas. I didn't even eat frozen peas dude or any frozen veggies I don't even really remember eating frozen yeah. veggies like it was it was rare for me to to have like a side of vegetables on my plate like you know my mom could probably be like no I remember specific days but me I'm like I don't recall at all yeah. so you know being that you know steak and potatoes type of kid and and not really like contemplating what I was eating you know it was just food that my parents would make and I was like okay this is what's for dinner tonight this is what's for dinner for everyone else in the world too you know but never really did I like think about where food came from or you know how it was grown or anything like that just appeared it just appeared you know and just I never thought of the whole process of of how food is created and um you know, I don't think that really comes to you until you start to have to make your own food yeah. as a as a functioning adult. I um, mean, just the way grocery stores are, you're not really meant to see where it came from most no, of the time. No, no. They want to keep that 
usually pretty secret. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird. Uh, <laughs> it is weird. You know, it's like we're so... Yeah, the grocery store is like this luxurious like shopping center yeah. of what can increase my you know feel good emotions and you know what can I do to numb things as well you know with the all the things that you can buy in a grocery store and and then you got people in there who just want you to buy it so they just make it colorful yeah <laughs> which is crazy because that's slap keywords on it yeah and that plays with yeah. that plays with your head yeah. you know it's, it's not like, even it's not even food at that point it's, that's that's just considered advertising yeah. <laughs> to to make something for not the sole purpose of it being a food item but to basically just make money off of the packaging is what you're buying yeah. in actuality you're just buying the packaging and the food inside of it is just second thought and I feel like most, or not most, but yeah, a lot of those companies like Nabisco and stuff like that, like they're doing all like a bunch of the little things Like you don't even know that they own them, but oh, I know. that's how those supply chains get in. They make it easy. They just yeah. keep growing. And well, because they have such a huge yeah. distribution. And uh, Yeah. And then a further disconnect from like where the ingredients came from. You know, they're getting such bulk and, yeah. Yeah. But keep going with your story, too. Well, it's funny that you mentioned Nabisco, because they're such a massive company, and they own so many smaller companies, that you wouldn't even think, like, I feel like the majority of the most common food that's packaged and, you know, distributed to your grocery store is owned by like what five to ten companies yeah you know anything that you see that's advertised on tv or whatever you know it's it's not that that's it's not that specific company but it's it's the head you know the mother company of that company that is really controlling all of the different um different like ideas and channels of food that we consume you know and they know how to market to the people who are even like hip to the idea of like wanting better ingredients they'll find a way to like slap organic on yeah. it charge way green, more money greenwashing yeah you're familiar with greenwashing no but i can guess wait, so wait, wait. yeah it's basically like kind of what you just said and saying something's organic or all natural yeah. is a huge thing to have all natural cookies or Asterix. something. Asterix. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like non-GMO or yeah. you know, it's it's sad that people still think, oh, you know, this says all natural or or, you know, no no soy or no weed or something yeah. is supposed to be healthier. But in reality, they're just replacing, you know, those ingredients for something that's just as bad if not yeah. worse so it's it's keywords and it's colors that honestly affect the majority of people shopping for groceries yeah and pretty much affects you know their decisions on what they want to buy yeah <laughs> Bo, that was that was Bo. everybody if you were able to hear him 
He's a guard dog tonight. Yep. Security. Yeah. But kind of circling back to my story of, like, food. So, basically, I went to college and, you know, I had the meal plan where you can go and I had unlimited swipes. So, I could go in there as much often as I wanted and breakfast, lunch, and dinner were served every day. And I could go in all day long and just swipe and I just remember eating hamburgers pizza and you know maybe like some kind of pasta dish but they had other things that I was like you know I never really ate that as a kid so I'm not gonna I'm not even gonna bother trying it yeah yeah because like you know I basically survived off of pizza hamburgers and you know junk food my entire life I'll, I'll be fine you know but it's it makes you think like you know now I'm gonna have to start making these decisions on my own of like what I'm gonna be able to control yeah. and food is food is like the most most important thing that you should be able to control and you were probably I mean I'm just guessing here but even without even really being aware of it you were probably tired achy so often yeah you know just like eating bread and shitty meat and cheese ice cream and cookies and everything in moderation can be okay but it's like when that's what you're thriving on your body's like turning into a slug right like i can't remember really ever they had a whole salad bar but i never was yeah (laughs) Never even was that interested salad in bar that. Was probably no good. Yeah, but I, I mean, at least it. I would have even had some vegetables, <clears throat> yeah. a couple of carrot sticks or something. But, <laughs> um, but now it wasn't until like a year after I was in college. It was like my sophomore year. I remember going to like a fast food restaurant and getting a fried chicken sandwich and just coming home and and sitting on the couch and eating that because like I was really hungry before and I was like I'm just gonna go fill my stomach with the nearest possible fast food thing that I find enjoyable and what was was what what was it it was uh it was Culver's okay down in Florida and it was a it was a fried chicken sandwich with like provolone or something and I just remember sitting there like very vivid just like like what am I eating you know I just went to basically just fill or to satisfy me for the next five or six hours but like that's not fuel you know that's just to fill my stomach so I don't have to feel that hunger pang anymore and the partner I was with at the time she was vegetarian but also like on that verge of being vegan and I was like, I have to make a change, and from that day on, I was like, I can't, I just can't do this anymore to myself, and um, I think that flicked the switch inside of me to really contemplate on what type of food I'm putting into me, and how it also not just affects me, but affects you, and affects the environment, and the animals that are all involved, and the supply chain and you know you're you're basically just a part of a system at that point and 
I just was like, no, I, I can't, I can't do this to myself, especially with being very busy and, you know, you just have to find a more reliable source of fuel for your body because what I believe is like what you put into you is what you're going to get out, right? In terms, you can put, you can apply that to everything that you consume, you know, music, media, you know, all drugs in a way as well, you know, pharmaceutical drugs too. And, you know, if you put shitty food inside of you, you're going to get a shitty result. And you're going to have low energy. You're going to feel depleted and you're, you're going to have imbalanced hormones and your, your anger. You could possibly even start to have terrible relationships with people. And, you know, I think what you put in is what you get out. So I decided basically from that point on, I'm going to do the best I can to put quality things inside of me. And especially once that you, you know, because everybody has a different definition of this, but once you come to a conclusion of what's good and bad for you, if you continue to eat the bad thing, you're giving energy to the thought that it's bad for you every time too, which makes it even worse for you because you're just beating yourself up over it too. Yeah. You know, was that the last time you ate meat, like literally? Oh, no. So, from that point on, I decided to become vegetarian. And I pretty much stopped eating meat cold turkey. You know, I didn't like do it. <laughs> Vegan cold turkey, of course. <laughs> A cliche of words there, but. Um, yeah, no, it was. I didn't buy meat anymore, and so yeah, I pretty much stopped eating meat, and then I forget, like, the time period or how much time went by, but um, I went to California, and I decided to be vegan that whole time, you know, not, not vegetarian, vegan, and I think it was, like, three weeks. I want to say three weeks. Um, so I was, I guess you could say vegetarian for three weeks and then I went to California and I went vegan and we ate everywhere that, you know, had vegan options and make sure like, you know, we're, we're going to go on vacation. We're going to eat, you know, good food cause that's what we like to do. And, um, yeah, from that point on coming back to Florida, which was where I was living at the time, I was like, okay, if I can do it for a week. I can do it for the rest of my life, you know, I can just continue to learn how to make food and, you know, be more knowledgeable, you know, use that experience out in California to be more knowledgeable of, you know, food choices and, and, and stick to something, you know, it definitely helps with like your willpower on saying, if you're going to do this, then actually go out and do it, you know, um, but then I do remember going on a second trip back to California to visit a friend of mine that was living in like the Carlsbad area and I, 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 I told him that I wasn't eating meat but he came home and like brought a like ham and cheese croissant sandwich back from like work or something and I just remember eating like half of it and just feeling so full and like bloated like not comfortably full and I was like, man, it's been like a couple months since I've eaten meat. And 
you know, it, 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 it fills you up more than what I was used to in that time period of a couple months. Um, but I didn't like how it filled me up, you know, it made me feel bloated and like kind of disgusted. And, you know, at that point I had seen a couple of documentaries on, you know, veganism and food and education and all that. And, um, but I knew I was like, this just isn't for me, you know, like I, I can't be a part of something and pretend like I like it anymore, even though it makes me feel like crap. And, um, yeah, from that was... I think the last time that I specifically remember eating meat, I think that was like 2015 maybe it was, so yeah, it's been like six years now that I haven't really, from from my, uh, you know, understanding of all the food that I've eaten, eaten meat, you know, so... I but it feels there's great. probably a funny percentage in there of like meat byproduct that you have eaten. I hope not. Some <laughs> manure or something <laughs> in the plants that just happened to yeah. have some meat or something in it. Yeah. <laughs> I hope not, but you know. Yeah. I do my best. Yeah. I think what's yeah. I mean I'll I'll tell my story eventually too, but it's like just being vegan doesn't mean you're gonna save the earth you know it's not just the cows that are factory farm that are like changing every like you can objectively say yes that's happening but i guess even more than just like emissions it's like being vegan doesn't mean you're not responsible for dead animals um if you like eat a bunch of tofu (laughs) you know what i mean like the massive soy fields that they're harvesting are, you know, there's groundhogs, mice, birds, snakes that just get, like, savagely killed at every moment. Mm. Um, that being said, that wouldn't be the case if we all, like, grew our own vegetables. And, you know what I mean? That's, like, the level that I want to take it to is, like, directly knowing where it's sourced from I mean something like tofu is tricky though because it's something that feeds so many people but you know where is your tofu coming from it's you know I don't really know what's in it we just ate tofu so I'm not trying to like get all our stomachs started to like oh (laughs) but it's like you know my point is is really just that you have to be you know super aware of everything and once you can like start to like source things locally and close to you the nutritious value of those uh fruits and vegetables are so much more and they're so much more like in tune with you because of where you live and stuff like that and um yeah go ahead you know i just random top or random fact off the top of my head in terms of like growing your own local food that guess how much the average tomato travels before it it is put onto your plate just think of a random number i mean think about in the winter when you know you're getting tomatoes in new york like where are those coming from you know what i mean like they fucking 
of course are going through you know ma- yeah so thousands I oh, imagine yeah. thousands yeah. of miles it was like 1500 miles yeah. the average tomato yeah. because because some of them go 3000 miles sure you know the average is 1500 mm-hmm. yeah um, that means it's at least going twice as yeah. much I mean if people could just eat with the seasons and prepare during the summer and like save their food you know do you think do you think that reality is possible i mean it's possible in my life because i live it yeah you know i don't necessarily grow things currently Mm -hmm. but i've set myself up to like where i'm very connected with the local food market the farmers markets i know a lot of farmers i know where these things come from it's a blessing like a hundred percent but you know we all need to like take responsibility for that because you want to think about how far something traveled why would you want to like keep giving into that and like keep perpetuating that when you could get it from some place down the street and you know it was your gas in your car just to go there and that's it right you know and you could have ridden a bike yeah. <laughs> yeah. Zero carbon emissions. Yep. If you're crazy. <laughs> but no, we are, we do live in a in a great area to be blessed with local food. Yeah. All year long, you know. And it's great to see different foods grown during the summertime versus the wintertime, yeah. you know. Um so yeah, it's definitely a blessing to be so close to such local food and yeah. I couldn't even imagine growing up or living in a such a concrete jungle of a city and the only local food you find is sourced hundreds or thousands of miles away you know it's sad it has to be it has to be you know so it's like how if you want somebody to be able to grow their own food like what does the average person in you know new york city like you know it's it's there's at such a disadvantage of having the pleasure of being connected with their food you know there's such like it's such a consumerism city anyways and especially living in such small spaces for the most part you have to be like growing hydroponic lettuce (laughs) yeah (laughs) basically you know which is right yeah but also like i don't know hydroponic stuff is is awesome I love the like science and concept behind it, but also it's it's not as like natural. Yeah, the nutrients come from supplements. Yeah, yeah, you're you're yeah. controlling the whole aspect of it. So in, instead of Mother Nature controlling it, you're Mother Nature, in a way. You know, you're the one that's going to be taking care of and you know supplying the the food for this plant that you're going to consume, and instead of you know growing it in a field or you know a garden outside yeah it's i think most farmers like really all farmers um add nutrients to their soil and have to like test it constantly because that's a big issue especially if you want to talk about like being vegetarian you need to make sure your vegetables have the maximum amount of nutrients and that's all in the soil so Mm. generally everything that we've done with like mass farming and stuff has destroyed our topsoil 
and that's a very bad thing. That's a reason why food that we get from the stores that is mass produced is just not as good for you. And being in the position I'm at, I've gone through two seasons, two years of seasons, and like I've eaten all the veggies and fruits that have come and gone, and man, it just feels so good just to eat with the season. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, I just want to add to like, you know, a hundred years ago, food, I feel like, you know, vegetables were more nutritious than they were. Yeah. Like the average. No, that's true. You know, the average squash had more nutrition in it than today's squash. No, I I I heard I might not get it exactly right, but it was like one head of lettuce today you would need like 40 heads of lettuce to like equal the same nutrients that was in one wow. from like 1920. Really? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. You know, and it if that doesn't scare you yeah. and, and show you how depleted our soil is. But it's because we just like till up the same spot, throw in the seeds, we add nutrients. But, you know, putting in that many plants, they're just, they need to get the nutrients. And it's like yeah. turning the soil into like dust, you know. Yeah. But those nutrients are going somewhere. It's going into the plant that you're going to eat. Mm-hmm. And then next time it's not going to grow as good and so on and so on and then once you're adding like supplements into the soil then you can go down the whole rabbit hole of like well where does all that come from i mean i'm i know here we use like all organic you know like a lot of it is like sunflower ash and random stuff like that lots of nitrogen and stuff Yeah, yeah yeah but um still you know like what did all of that take you yeah. know to make and it's just like there's ways to bio what's the word i guess biodynamic farming is a way to like grow all year round and be you know we figured it out you know people sure. have figured it out yeah how to be regenerative and not destructive mm-hmm. yeah no i i lived on a I was probably like a thousand square foot garden last year and um, the property owner that I was basically living with at the time he used as a cover crop you know before he put a whole new bed of things in the dead leaves from the trees you know that's a great way to put more nitrogen you know you're you're not you're not adding a like man-made you know bagged you know product of nitrogen to your soil you're just using the products you have on hand and things that mother nature already <laughs> like gives to us and dead leaves are a you know, great great source of that stuff so that opened my eyes and you know taught me a lot of how you can reuse the things around you in terms of growing food and and in a sense that's what would be happening in nature the leaves fall you know yeah I mean, granted, you're still putting seeds in places, but yeah, it's using what you got for sure. Yeah, the decomposition of things to ultimately benefit you to help you grow better food. What's what's Fun like? Guy. 
yeah <laughs> fungi yeah. for sure and you know it's i feel like fungus is it helps it's like its own pollinator you know yeah it spreads its spores and you know blesses everything around it and kind of communicates with it too i mean that's what helps break down these leaves too sometimes yeah just mold like, yeah it's crazy yeah. mold is like i feel like a very like dark topic for people because like you think of mold and you're like oh that's such a bad thing you know it's growing on my strawberries and all yeah. my fruit and stuff and but really like mold is a beautiful thing the decomposer everything yeah. decomposes right and it's it's its own you know entity you know you have the animal kingdom you have the plant kingdom and you have the fungus kingdom so it's like what what is the purpose of fungus but basically to control how things are decomposed and kind of balance out the ecosystem in a way yeah. it, it just it's beautiful how it how it operates like that um, and we don't give it enough credit too you know we're just scared of it because we see it growing on our food and we're like oh god no this is bad now which yeah sure I wouldn't particularly love yeah. eating fuzzy <laughs> strawberries <laughs> <Pretty> <laughs> but also it's it's a sign of like it's meant to be like that yeah. you know what's like your favorite thing to buy locally like or to get locally food wise or vegetable wise or hmm. fruit wise I mean lately in my life I've been doing a lot of fasting so mm. I haven't been eating that much truthfully yeah, yeah. Um, but I would say like with just going with the seasons I mean when the peaches are good when the like we went through blackberries blueberries strawberries peaches figs mm. apples now you know yeah really I guess fruit a lot of good fruit yeah, yeah. that kind of like is always like the background noise of like this each week or each like season of fruit is just like you enjoy the hell out of it mm. you know I would buy like four flats of strawberries at a time and like make you know I didn't really make any preserves this year but like I think we made pie and you know like good pie yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. made the dough and stuff like that that sounds so good I mean we but man Oh, we dehydrated a lot of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dehydrated fruit is great. Yeah, it's such know. a good snack. Yeah. And then you can eat that in the winter, too, and get that flavor. Does it Does it take away any nutrients? Like, I've never actually, like, looked at that. You know, there's... I'm not an expert when it comes to it, but you don't want to, like... You can't do it too hot. I think it'll, like, take away some of it if you dehydrate it. Yeah, it's, like, it 110 like, degrees yeah. is kind of, like... Low and slow and long. Yeah. Um, I guess it'll take a couple of days for things to be dehydrated. Sometimes, yeah. Yeah. Blueberries took the longest, especially because, hmm. you know, because it's not getting into it. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. But they would be, like, so tiny after. Yeah. <laughs> but... 
putting that into like oatmeal or something like that yeah and it, like rehydrates it's a good one for the yeah. winter oh yeah yeah um i kind of want to get a dehydrator honestly yeah that would be great to just have a bunch of fruit and stuff on hand and um i remember specifically when i was in utah last last year there was a local there's not much you know space to grow because you're in the desert so i don't know how he did this with just like plots you know like soil plots or whatever i didn't really actually see the farm but it was the sweetest carrots that i've ever eaten in my life yeah and they were grown you know probably eight ten miles away so super local and i just i can't wait to take you to get some of those carrots because <laughs> they're so sweet and yeah it was like i just specifically remember the flavor of those carrots and now i really want one because yeah. they're like i'm not one to just go out and like munch on a carrot like a horse or anything but with those i was like Combining. Sho like shoveling them down dude. <laughs> it was so good yeah it was it was spectacular but yeah local food just tastes better better for you helps you know the local economy and um i'm all about the local you know yeah yeah but i was kind of doing some research last week about you know this topic and kind of like how oblivious people are to food you know it's today's day and age where it's just like so accustomed to putting things in the microwave or it being an instant meal of you know dinner ready in 10 minutes just add water you know like that's not food <laughs> that's 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 some kind of scientific experiment in my eyes yeah. and this this fact of 70 percent of the calories that we eat is from processed foods yeah. You know, it's it's something that's already been made. All you got to do is heat it up or add some water or, you know, mix it around and boom, there you go. There's your food for the day or for dinner. And the way things need to be stored when they need to, like, get shipped around is with, like, chemicals and different, yep. like, products. Preservatives. Preservatives. Yeah. Yeah, it's so much better to just, like, eat the thing, see the thing, and eat the thing. Mm -hmm. You know, you have fruit or a veggie, you can see it. You know? Yeah, but I mean, I feel like processed foods and the uptick in processed foods in the past, you know, 25, 30 years is mostly because of the lack of time people have to actually genuinely make you know, sit in the kitchen for three hours a day and make food yeah. for themselves or their family. And so I think it's it's more of, more or less just a convenience on the consumer's part to say like, hey, I don't really have time to make, you know, quality food anymore. Or I've grown to the point where it's like we're this immediate gratification society now where it's like all I have to do is five minutes and I'm done and then my food's ready. And yeah, I think it's mostly just because people have their priorities, you know, wrong. 
or not wrong, but you know they have them different than how that it really should be because you know if if you had the time of day to sit in the kitchen for three hours and not have to worry about like you know working or you know having to to put in you know punch a clock to to doesn't make have to be three hours no and it doesn't <laughs> even have to be three hours you know you can make food relatively quickly you yeah. know but um yeah three hours was just kind of like a because i like to cook you yeah. know like you know if Take i spend three hours in the kitchen you know and i'm willing to spend three hours in the kitchen and i'm not pressed for time or worried about work or anything like i'm more than happy to spend three hours a day in the kitchen it's fun it's fun and you get to experiment with different things and try new things and um expand your mind and your palate on what can you know be a new possibility in terms of your diet and um but yeah it's just it blows my mind that processed foods are kind of the new norm of of how we consume food which is really really sad well people also i've always hear people say that like local is so expensive and stuff like that but you're not looking hard enough you know and like what you support and buy is way more important than like yeah you know just having food just to shove in your mouth like but farmers have CSAs, community supported agriculture. Right. You pay a certain amount, you get a big box every week or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. Those are very affordable. And, you know, depending on where you're at, most most places you could find a nice CSA yeah. that would have, like, everything you need and you can get bigger, like... So, I don't like people making excuses. And it's like, it's worth it you know too but that's my that's why that's my passion is to get like good quality food to people yeah yeah no i totally get it and do you know any csas nearby yeah yeah for sure cool because like you know just moving here i would love to be a part of that instead of because like i mostly shop but you know i try to get all organic and stuff like that and but if i can you know just go to the farmer's market and do that, you know, I would be happy to to mostly consume food from local farmers. You can order it from us. Yeah, really? true. <laughs> For real. Yeah. No, I, I would love to. Um, do you want to share, like, a little bit about your food journey? Yeah. 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 Um, all my family's so fat. <laughs> such terrible eating habits yeah yeah not all of my family but it most of them had issues with food because they were raised by the same parents <laughs> but um yeah i saw a lot of confusing things where my parents because my parents were like pretty holistic and kind of had like a good idea of what was up but they would talk about it but they would still like consume things like my dad would always say that he didn't like sweets but he would like buy a chocolate bar and like kind of like eat it and kind of like pretend like it never happened so Mm. um i've had a long journey of like gaining weight losing weight gaining weight losing weight but 
you know, that's less about like the quality of food and more about, yeah, I guess it's still a quality, but I was not concerned about the quality of my food. I just saw it as an escape, you know, I saw it as like a way to just get your mind off of things. So I spent a lot of time just eating a lot. It helped you cope with things. Yeah. 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 And, um, yeah, I learned a long time ago what was certain things that were really good for me and certain things that were really bad for me, but I never really listened to it. So I would get fatter and I would just, you know, just beat myself up over it, which never helped. But, um, did you ever question where like food would come from? Like, no, no, not really. Yeah. Not in the beginning. I mean, I lived on a farm that had cows, cattle. Um, but even then, I just saw them, and then they were just gone, and then a new round would come in, and yeah, it was just like I didn't even think about it. Right. Didn't even care, you know. Yeah. Um. But at this point, you know. I could say a lot about, like, the ups and downs. Like, I went vegetarian before. I went carnivore. Not completely, but, like, thought about all those things, too. But right now in my life, I've asked my soul what I should do. And I get answers based on, like, how I feel. And I have not eaten meat. I've eaten some fish over the last like three months but I've mainly just been drinking superfood shakes once or twice a day and then eating veggies from the farm that I work at Mm -hmm. so I'm blessed there and that really is in within the last like three to four months basically when we met each other and that has spurred so much more in my life because you know I've always loved healthy food and I've always been aware of it at least for like the last like four or five years have been aware of it you know I would still eat like cheeseburgers and ice cream and like you know but the majority of the time I always I always loved vegetables I will say that yeah that's I loved, good. I loved broccoli. As a kid, too? Yeah. Really? Broccoli was always my favorite, because I would, like, pretend if to be If it was covered dinosaur. with cheese, though. No. <laughs> See, my parents weren't, yeah. like, too crazy about processed things, even yeah. back then. That's, like, that's awesome. They did, you know, when it needed to be, like, easy. Yeah. And I would, like, go to McDonald's, but, you know, they probably regret it, because they're aware, you know? They've always yeah. been aware. Yeah. Um, yeah, my family, even as disconnected as we are, it's like we do connect in a lot of holistic ways. Like my grandma was a reflexologist and oh, nice. stuff that I like started to like realize was pretty cool like later on. Yeah. Even if, you know, I can't talk to them about it, but yeah. <laughs> I've had reflexology thing. done once before. Yeah. yeah. And it's the science behind it is incredible. Yeah, you know? it adds up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it matches those points in your body. Sure. Yeah. And when she did it to me when I was young, I mean, I just remember it hurting. 
Mm. <laughs> so what does that say? I don't know. Right. Yeah. Right. She probably told me. I was just like, ow, ow. <laughs> I used to hate massages. But Dang. anyways, um, I was just so tense. Um, you hated them, but you need you were the most yeah. to need it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, right now I feel called to not eat meat, and I'm just going to trust my body when it comes to that. And I've heat, like, probiotics for your gut. Like, I've always drank kombucha. Mm-hmm. My parents used to brew kombucha when I was a baby, too. Really? Yeah. Um, and now that I've been like cleansing my body and giving myself time to digest and like fasting and stuff like that, once your gut starts to heal, you really start to like expand in other ways. And I think that was like the biggest catalyst for my life right now is that that just really spurred it all. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, speaking about, like, your gut, your gut and your brain are very much connected. Yeah. And so it kind of goes back to, like, what you put in is what you get out. So if you're eating a bunch of Doritos and drinking Sprite and... Think about it. Yeah, you know, your stomach, the human, you know, it's not... We haven't been eating like this, you know, all of existence. We've been eating like this for 50 years. Yeah. And... So it's he's like we're growing, you know, as the human, the human biome or the stomach, you started to, you know, evolutionize and become to where we are today. You know, we never put processed foods in it before. You know, it was all pretty much hunter gatherer garden style. You know, diets foraging foraging. Yeah, it was never mass-produced things you know this is only the past 75 80 years that we've been doing this so it's like you expect the the human body to change what it's been doing for god knows how long literally only god knows (laughs) but you know it's pretty much all of existence and then you totally like flip it upside down turn it inside out and start feeding what you know is such a common thing in the grocery store which is you know shit shitty food yeah. you know that has to affect us as a human you know human civilization um, you know you went from eating relatively clean even though yeah like I don't support you know eating animals but it was different you know 100 years ago versus what it is now and you expect the human body to just like change like that on the you know just on the on, a, on the dime basically to to flip-flop it's well, total just like system massive amounts of sugar in these drinks just like imagine them going into your body and just sitting there and yeah. just like leeching yeah you know that's not like a supportive energy like no. sugar will burn you out and start attacking you and same when it comes to like lots of bread and stuff like that it just takes more to digest you have to just like really be honest and feel the things that you eat and like elimination diet was a huge thing for me like that's why when I started just juicing I knew exactly what was in the juice and 
I knew exactly the veggies that I was eating. And once I, like, really got into that routine, the difference was incredible, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it is a routine, you know? And I, like, you know, hear a lot of people say, you know, I tried, I tried the vegan diet for a couple months, but it just wasn't for me. And, like, you know, I could be like, well, you know, what were you eating? You know, how did you prepare your, your foods? You know, were you actually getting the quality nutrition instead of, you know, the prepackaged? Oreos. Yeah, you know, because you could eat Oreos all day and say you're a vegan, but you're going to feel like shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, there's a lot of different, like, you know, things that can go into that in terms of, you know, people trying out that diet. And, like, you know, I feel like you can agree with me. We're not telling people to be vegan, you know? Like, that's, you know, that's not what we're here to do. But we're here to tell you to, like, be conscious of, like, what you're actually consuming and know where it comes from. and Be honest. Right, right, to yeah. Right. You don't need to lie to yourself. And it's funny, because, like, I knew somebody that I went to high school with, and I had seen them kind of recently, and um, he said... He said that he didn't care what he ate. He didn't care, like, what he put into his body. And, like, for somebody to not care what they eat means that you don't have any self-respect for yourself. You know, you're just kind of like this floating, you know, bag of bones (laughs) that is just consuming anything that comes across it and you don't care means that like you're not giving yourself a fighting chance when it comes to you know fighting off diseases or you know viruses or you know shitty times in your life where you depend on food or depend on food negatively even too but like for for him to say like you know I don't care where what my food is or where it comes from his food doesn't care about him either yeah, like, that shit will tear you inside out, you yeah. know, like, it'll make you wake up in the middle of the morning and make you feel like you have to shit your brains out. Yeah. Um, but it's like, you know, that's like the highest form of self, or, you know, self-disrespect, is to not care about yourself. Yeah. <laughs> and that just blew my mind, I'm like, man, imagine if you did care about that, you know, what, you'd be a different person literally you know your 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 body recycles itself your skin you know I, I forget the exact number of days but like every so often you know your skin like is a new set of skin and so like if that's happening to you know an organ the largest organ of our skin imagine it happening to every other organ or every other system in our body you know it 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 builds off of what you're putting into it so if you're putting shitty food inside then and you don't care about what you're eating you're gonna basically turn into shitty food (laughs) which is you know a harsh way to put it but in reality like that's I feel like that's what people need to hear yeah you know like just be conscious of of what you're doing to yourself and just know you know like yeah you can eat meat but you know try to eat better meat try to eat more ethical and sustainable meat and you know that's that's another word like greenwashing you know sustainable meat like what does that actually mean you know what what's the process of that and grass-fed you know you know pork and things like that and grass-fed beef and 
like what is that's just you know adds another five dollars to your to your grocery bill just by saying grass-fed or organic or sustainable or, um, like today I bought sushi from Whole Foods and you know on the sticker on the on the packaging it said sustainable sushi and it's like so it's grown it's like mass-produced inside of a factory like you're not actually like going out to the oceans and catching the fish which like both are terrible but like if you're saying it's sustainable sushi does that just mean you're like have fish farms somewhere that you're just controlling just the population on the package yeah <laughs> like you don't have to be you don't have to have a certification for yeah. saying you're sustainable right like how you do organic not the or anything. way yeah not the way yeah exactly yeah it's not the same yeah so it's like sustainable like what does that actually mean you know it just helps you justify you eating something like that so even before I stopped eating meat very recently all the meat I would eat would be from local source good farms and yeah I hundred thousand percent felt the difference mm. between just like mindlessly eating meat and burgers from Darios and you know like just shitty places I would just like buy high quality meat cook it myself and it was so much better. Yeah. Yeah. You could just feel the vitality. Right. Yeah. Don't get me started with Darios, bro. <laughs> <laughs> that, you know, moving to North Carolina, it's like I never really seen those yeah, fast food restaurants local, before. Yeah. And now that there's like a couple nearby where we live, to and their like slogan is like the healthier fast food. Do you do you know the exact? terms it's or the like words simple fast yeah like, like simple like, and fast you know. or th but they claim to be like I you, don't know. yeah grass-fed yeah, yeah you know <laughs> greenwashing yeah and exactly. it's like no that shit's the same as mcdonald's it's the same as burger beef king hot dogs yeah it's like okay they're 100 percent beef what were they before not 100 <laughs> <laughs> percent like it Come should on. be if you're yeah. gonna eat meat, like eat things that are 100 percent what they're supposed to be. I mean, Taco Bell is allowed a certain amount of their meat to not be actually meat. You know, yeah. it's like a percentage. Yeah, it's not 100 percent meat. What does that mean? Yeah, I haven't done any research. Fillers. So. Yeah. Like. Yeah. It's like dog food. You know. Exactly. They're literally feeding us shittier food than dog food. Yeah. And it's well, no, the dogs get the worst. I mean, yeah, there's yeah. there's a lot of bad dog food out there, but there's better dog yeah. food, too. But, I mean, that's, yeah, well, even the best, like, dog foods still don't get, like, I mean, I'm sure some really expensive ones, but, yeah, you know, even the more expensive ones, a lot of them are getting the scraps still. Mm -hmm. And that's why dogs succumb to illness and things like that more so these days, just because they're getting pumped with the antibiotics that those animals got and you know whatever you know mm -hmm. yeah and like to say like you know pumping animals with antibiotics and things you're you know in vaccines you know they vaccinate chickens and all of these you know things that they medically do before you actually consume an animal 
Yeah. You're consuming the antibiotics. You're consuming the vaccines that they put into them, and it was part of them becoming big. Yeah. You know? Yeah. In their muscles and blood. And but it's like you know, we didn't. We don't have to vaccinate chickens if we didn't put them. You know, thousands of chickens inside of a chicken coop all day long without seeing any sunlight and them shitting all over the place and stepping in it and sharing all these terrible germs and things but like if they didn't do that then you wouldn't have to vaccinate so it's like we create these problems by the choices you know we we create and decide on manipulate nature right and it's like you know if we didn't do these things then we wouldn't have to worry about eating vaccines and then antibiotics and things and so like we just add problems that's gonna be a sound bite <laughs> eating vaccines <laughs> uh, like, oh my god people are used to getting injected with vaccines, eat vaccines. <laughs> that'll actually scare people i yeah. think you, you eat it um but yeah but it's also you eat the trauma too yeah you know you like whatever way you see it you're contributing to it right and like whether well whether you believe it or not the the hamburger animals die yes (laughs) the hamburger eating tonight was originally slaughtered by somebody you know like it happened you know don't deny that that happened you know and the hamburger eating is also probably four different cows yeah or 10 different cows or 100 different cows like yeah yeah, it's just it's just put into a big old chamber and then you know filtered through a tube basically yeah and but it's like you eat if if cows have feelings and thoughts and you know have a free will in their own sense to be a cow which are you know very intelligent animals and if you don't think that then like sorry you should research things a little bit more <laughs> but you know it's like you're eating the trauma of these very like intelligent beings that if they could choose and had the ability to they wouldn't want to be slaughtered i'm yeah. pretty sure you could probably ask a cow if they wanted to be slaughtered and i'm i'm almost certain 100 percent of them would say no yeah <laughs> well i don't know if i'd agree with that because they want to get out of those places like fucking kill me yeah (laughs) yeah well i mean there's like but no that's fucked too yeah Yeah. but i mean like now you're eating a cow's depression yeah and you're gonna eat it anyways because like that's what happens when it gets slaughtered is you just you're eating that experience of you know killing an animal in in terrible ways and slitting its throat and just letting the blood drain down like it's what happens you know it's like you can't hide what happens in a slaughterhouse and deny it it's just I think everybody should, like, have to, like, tour one. But they're so, like, secretive about it. They don't want people to see it because then they know people want to need it. Well, have you heard of Anonymous for the Voiceless? Have you heard of that group before? So there's, like, different chapters in different parts of the country in each state. You know, like, cities have their own little chapters. And they're basically, like, a... I don't want to say a vegan cult because that sounds terrible. (laughs) or, Or, you know, might have a bad connotation, but... They're basically like this group of people that go out and they wear the like V for Vendetta masks, you know, 
and they hold up TVs or laptops and pretty much just stand in like downtown areas or very like populated areas and just sh like you know have on screens like slaughterhouses and you know they don't say anything and there might be one guy out there being like hey if you have questions about what what we're doing like talk to us you know like if you're concerned about what's happening here you know let's have a conversation about this stuff and maybe we can change your mind or open your mind to different things and ideas but yeah anonymous for the voiceless they'll go into um like grocery stores and stand in the meat aisle and, and hold up a you know laptop showing like how that meat was actually you know placed on that shelf and what hundreds of steps it took for it to actually get there and, um so they in a way are like forcing people to tour these facilities and like they're not actually touring the facilities but they're doing a damn good job at like you know providing the best possible way for people to experience you know what that looks like um without them actually having to go to one of these terrible godforsaken places <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah like i've known a few people that are in a chapter uh down in florida and they do some crazy work you know and they believe that you know we should know what happens in in slaughterhouses and try to spread that word and and hopefully it kind of opens people's minds and yeah and i'm sure it does you know it yeah. gets people thinking and then and then it's your choice if you want to support it right you know right and you see you both do, sides yeah. you see both sides you yeah. you see the side of like i can still continue to eat this because it makes me happy and i you know get some nutrition out of it or you can see the side of like okay this is really actually bad and you know i don't want to be a part of it anymore so it's like you get an option you get a you get a a more informed decision um to to create that reality that is truthful to you mm -hmm. yeah um but yeah we've been talking about food for yeah. a little while now but don't get me started with ingredients lists dude <laughs> <laughs> how is at work the other day, like, we had a leftover, um, what was it? It was a, it was like a ginger brew soda, and they're supposed to be, like, those more natural sodas with less ingredients, and it does. It does have less ingredients, but I was looking that was for... Like the, that's the selling point for some of them, like, less ingredients. Yeah, like, all-natural yeah. cane sugar. It's like, still, <laughs> it's yeah. not great. And I was like, where's the nutritional label? On this like I want to see how much sugar is in it I have 35 grams of sugar yeah um, do you know how much grams of sugar are in like a, a can of coke not off the top of my head I'm gonna look that up it's a lot but yeah it's like you know they say they're these like more natural sodas but still full of shit for sure you know your poor liver man just the processes sugar. so much sugar how much sugar is in a can of Coke? I'm gonna guess like 67. Um, so a 16.9 fluid ounce bottle of Coke has 55 grams mm -hmm. of sugar. Yeah. And 
I don't know. That just Sludge. is terrible. Yeah. You know, like I just go back to saying, like the human body is. It wasn't designed to transform this quickly in that short amount of time that all of these processed foods were created, and like it goes to show as to why heart disease yeah, and falling up, making us fall apart. Yeah, yeah. And we've seen it not work. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. No, the the facts are there to to show like a plant based diet and a more local food diet is extremely more beneficial than what we're subjecting ourselves to right now. Yeah. So we just need to bring the good food and just keep spreading it. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. what it's all about. And to share food too. Yeah. Yeah. To trade it. Yeah. Well man, do you have any other like key talking points? No, I think we should wrap this puppy up. Cool, cool. Well yeah guys, thanks thanks so much for listening to to our second episode and uh, maybe third. Maybe third. Yeah. You don't really know. We don't really know. Yeah. We're figuring it all out <laughs> as it comes, but we're happy with the process and you know, we're happy just to even like get our voices to be heard. Yeah. In my you know, in my view. Like I just love being able to talk about things that we're passionate about. Yeah. So um thanks guys and we look forward to, to talking with you again soon. I love you. 